Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by Dr. Matthew Perry for another great, informative, and fun conversation. If you have not listened to any of our previous conversations, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to those at some point. And whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable as well. So let's tune in. Matthew Perry, always great talking with you. How are you today? Hey, Brianne, I'm doing wonderful. Um, sun is shining, weather's sweet, all that kind of stuff. But here in San Diego, that is uh, always happening. But, you say, know, it's a normal it's, day in San Diego. It's, it, uh, you know, it, it, you almost take it for granted, right? And, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's good sometimes to kind of take a step back and just reflect on that and realize how, how fortunate uh, we are. You know, you, you being in Arizona too, you know, for, uh, for some of this great weather till you start melting. <laughs> Which is coming this weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's coming. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's something that I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else, but I still, because I grew up in the Midwest, so I dealt with hot and humid. I dealt with cold and ice and snow. And so it, I still have very much an appreciation for this weather that we have here and how nice it is. And the fact that I'm like, if I want to go play in the snow, I can drive two hours north in the winter and then come back to 60 degrees. And like, it's amazing. So yeah, I definitely have not taken this beautiful weather for granted yet. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, it's just uh, so fortunate that we can, you know, uh, you know, a lot of places in the U.S., especially kind of as you go west, you know, yeah. You can go to snow if you want to go to snow, but you don't always need to live in snow. Not knocking anybody who is listening who lives in snow. I lived in Canada for four years, Northern Ontario. I lived in New Hampshire for a year, so I do embrace and enjoy that as well. <laughs> just I just saying. enjoy not living in it anymore. I just don't enjoy living in it anymore. <laughs> to each their own, right? Exactly. Some people obviously like it because they live in it. Yeah. I mean, if I were an avid snowshoer or something like that, then heck yeah, that would be uh, <laughs> my jam. <laughs> All right, let's dive in to whatever madness we end up diving into today. <laughs> it's always interesting. <laughs> always. What I do want to start out with though today, and I don't even know really how to phrase it, but just kind of diving into that conversation of like a lot of the issues we deal with, pain issues, aren't coming from just like normal places we think of. So a lot of times we get pain in an area, we get muscle tightness, we get whatever going on. And we kind of forget both as like clinicians, coaches, and the athlete that to look outside the box and look at those other things that might be contributing to it. So I kind of wanted to dive into that conversation today. Um, so what are your thoughts first and foremost on that? Yeah, that's a, um, that's a great question, right? Because, you know, we, I, I feel like we kind of jokingly always say, oh, well, it's all connected. You know, I mean, everyone kind of says that, right? But then when it comes to injuries, when it comes to any kind of like dysfunction, we, you know, in the typical healthcare system, you know, parse it out. Oh, well, it's only your shoulder joint that is at fault if you have a rotator cuff issue or, you know, some, something like that. And it becomes this very isolated situation. Um, but, you know, it is all connected and we always have to have to have to treat it like that. You know, um, a, you know, an example I can kind of think of 
Uh, also, sorry, the other part is communication about that, right? Um, an example I have is back when I was uh, playing sports, you know, I sprained my ankle, I was, you know, injured, all that kind of stuff. This is way before I was a PT or, you know, into, you know, understanding health and wellness. You know, I sprained my ankle. The PT gave me some uh, hip exercises. And, you know, at the time I was like, well, like, what the heck, like, I sprained my ankle. Why am I getting hip exercises? That doesn't make any sense. This person's not even listening to me. Obviously now, you know, being a PT and, you know, having this in-depth understanding, I totally get where she was coming from with that, that you have to strengthen your hip to help, help your ankle, right? Um, or, or ankle to help your hip, you know? Um, so that's kind of like, you know, just an interesting thought that I had on that, you know, these, these other things either contributing to or, you know, um, allowing you to get out of um, injury, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, you know, I deal with it on a personal level as far as my own injuries, but also on a um, professional level dealing with other people's injuries. But um, like one thing that really sticks out to me, um, especially just from a personal side, and then just thinking about people I've worked with in the past or other people I see injured is um, like how much the diaphragm and rib cage play a role in like what's going on with the body because like if the diaphragm is restricted it's going to restrict the rib cage and the spine which can then change the mechanics at the shoulder it can change mechanics in the pelvis and the hip and like it can impact so many things and it's an area that is often overlooked and i i fully admit i frequently overlooked it myself at times but it's just like it's those little things that i think people don't fully understand them. Like, you know what, if you're not getting better by doing X, Y, and Z, like think like just start thinking more globally or thinking bigger, thinking different. Absolutely. You know, um, I think the diaphragm is a great, um, much more kind of nuanced, you know, area that, that a lot of people overlook. And it's, it's ironic because it's probably one of the more dysfunctional muscles in our in our bodies like here in America, right? You know, as we as we increase stress, as we um, increase our typical kind of American style of breathing, which is mu much more with our shoulders and, and neck muscles than than our, our, our diaphragm muscle. Um, guess what? Just like any other muscle, it becomes disused and you know, there, can, there can be issues with that. You know? So, yeah, you know, um, things like diaphragmatic breaths, retraining, you know, some of the, our patients can be like, what, what the heck is this person making me do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. But <laughs> with, uh, you know, um, uh, correcting some of these um, dysfunctions, hey, guess what, you're gonna start feeling better, right? You know, in your shoulder, in your neck, you know, different areas. Yeah, what's funny about that is <laughs> when you start diaphragm for breathing I can't even say that word right now <laughs> like you don't want to go to the other extreme I uh realized several months ago that I wasn't getting much like upper lung expansion like I was all diaphragm oh and so I actually had to retrain myself how to actually use my lungs again <laughs> not just my diaphragm wow that is uh <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. So you kind of just went the uh, complete other way with it. Yeah. My colleague, he's like, you're 
like he's like your upper ribs like they don't move like you aren't using this part at all like, oh, that's fun. <laughs> wow so i mean that brings up a great point you know it is about finding balance too with things mm -hmm. you know people want for instance stronger you know um you know a bigger back so all they do is focus on their back and well you know you, you can't completely neglect the you know the anterior side the, the front side of your body mm -hmm. if you're working on the back you know so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's definitely. funny definitely what's the like kind of thinking along these lines of like connecting the dots and addressing those other things what's kind of the like most i don't know if profound's the right word but kind of the most drastic like thing that you found different as far as like what's like what was impacting what as far as what was impacting what i mean it's definitely um you know i i see a lot of correlation between shoulder dysfunction or back pain or shoulder dysfunction and back pain or back pain and, and shoulder dysfunction right and so what i what i kind of tell some of my patients who have back pain it's like hey we can't just address this back area we have to also address the um um the the shoulder right because if you are if you have a shoulder limitation and you're trying to reach up for you know a, a glass in your cupboard and you don't have that range well guess what you're going to be doing is you're going to be completely arching your back in order to to get there right you know um a lot of just kind of you know uh general population doesn't know that they have any of those limitations right mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. Like our bodies are so good at just compensating without us realizing it. Um, as far as yeah, especially when that shoulder gets limited, it's like it just finds ways to, like, you start tilting your body or leaning backwards, or you just start doing all these like other things that you don't like, just don't even realize you're doing until someone actually points it out to you. Exactly. I mean, because you know the the body is 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 so great, and you know it's an evolutionary trait at at you know uh compensating and, and, and doing some of these other things to make sure that you know although your you know hip hurts you're still going to be able to run away from that lion or whatever you know what i'm <laughs> saying like ev ev evolutionarily um but you know we we are now at a wonderful time you know in, in society where you know we can look at this stuff at a fairly microscopic level and and really break down some of these movements and, and just because you know you have these limitations doesn't mean that you know you need to suffer <laughs> you know yeah definitely and and i think that like it's kind of a good transition to kind of go into like one of the reasons it's really important to work with either a coach or clinician who knows movement and who can really see compensations because like if you're compensating in your shoulder or hip or wherever, and you're continuing to just like work out on your own, you can be doing the right exercises, but it doesn't mean you're actually addressing the right areas because your body's compensating around whatever movement you're used to compensating around. Yeah. And, and that, that brings up, yeah, I 100% agree. That brings up, you know, the whole specificity of things. It's early. I think I got that right. <laughs> um, you know, just, just being specific to exactly what, you know, the, what's going on with that patient, right? 
you know, it's not this uh, cookie cutter approach, you know, you can definitely get that on, on YouTube or Instagram or, or whatever, you know, but, but what is going on with you, you know, because, you know, you could have a, some rotator cuff impingement because you have the lower trap dysfunction. You could have it because, you know, you just need to train your body in a completely different way than, um, than, than, than other people with shoulder pain because you have, you know, some structural differences. They're not, you know, there's no problems with that. We're all different and unique, but, um, you know, we need to get to the bottom of what's wrong with you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and along those lines too, is it takes a long time to retrain movement patterns. Like you've spent probably decades setting in whatever movement patterns you've set in and compensations you've set in. And so like retraining movement patterns, isn't just an overnight thing that all of a sudden, like you're going to do these two drills and it's going to be better. Like it takes weeks in order to weeks of consistent work in order to really get those patterns, new patterns recreated. Yeah. And, you know, that's another thing with the communication that, you know, like we, 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 ne we neglect that it took decades to get to a place, but, you know, we want the, you know, the next week to be completely rid of, you know, rid of these issues. It's like, no, like it took a very long time and it's, and it's actually pretty amazing that the body can adapt so quickly you know, in a few weeks that you can start kind of retraining some of these movement patterns, kind of getting some, some imbalances or sorry, uh, balancing some imbalances. Right. Um, that, yeah, that's, you know, um, that, yeah, that just goes back to that communication that we need, you know, that, uh, you know, uh, really, really people seeing that. Right. Cause you know, I, I, another example is, um, uh, people who come to me and say they want to, you know, increase their bench press because they tried to bench press 225 pounds last week and they couldn't. And I'm like, well, when was the last time you did that? And, you know, the last time you bench pressed 225 pounds, they're like, oh, well, like, you know, about 20 years ago back in high school or, you know, whatever, I, I was, I was an avid. Okay. Well, was that the last time you did something like this? Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Let, let's, let's take a time out. <laughs> we can build this up, but you can't, you know, think of, uh, you know, that, that 20 years of now, this is unlearned behavior is going to now translate to, uh, just being able to pick it up again. Right. We're not Thor. <laughs> no, not, not <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> I think it is like, important to point out though that and i guess it's coming from maybe my skewed perception of like seeing other athletes work with other clinicians and coaches and not making progress or not making as fast of progress as what i envision they could make and that's like i think there's still so many people that are just stuck in like cookie cutter essentially plans so it's like you have shoulder pain and you're going to do these exercises because that's what we do for shoulder pain. And then we're going to do like this, all this manual therapy and that sort of thing. Not saying that manual therapy is not necessary at times as sometimes it is, but I think there's, it's also, and it goes back to that specificity that like, if you're getting just the general exercises that 
everybody else who has shoulder pain gets, it's going to take a lot longer to get better than if you work with someone who really tunes in on like what you're doing, what you're doing wrong and gives you specific things for your problem. Absolutely. Um, and you know, the, the other thing about that is, you know, cookie cutter approach sometimes could make things worse, right? Because it could be contributing to the compensations, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I totally agree that the, you know, being able to dial something in for someone, you know, specifically, it's like, um, you know, um, I'm trying to think, okay, here's a good example. Like you buying a mountain bike or a road bike or whatever from, you know, just a, a general store, you know, let's say Walmart, right? Just the, the generic, the generic brand. Um, and you trying to, you know, do a triathlon or something like that, right? Verse you, you know, going and getting that custom bike that's suited for you, you know, I can guarantee almost anybody trained or untrained will shave off some time having that custom, um, custom bike versus the, uh, the generic one, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, maybe not me, my lungs aren't there yet, but you know. <laughs> 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 I'm working on it. Okay, everyone but you. <laughs> Yes, yes, every person but me. But yeah, you know, yeah, we, we have to we have to take a deep dive. And you know, going back to the the back and shoulder now, you know, um, um, analogy that I was kind of talking about before, you know, maybe it's not has nothing to do with the shoulder at all. Right? You know, maybe it is diaphragm and the low back, you know. So um, I, I think that is just so important to continue to emphasize. That's a great point, Brian. Yeah. Um, and another thing that's coming to mind right now, and it kind of goes into kind of along similar along the lines of something you brought up pre-recording on a topic, but like remembering the, or maybe it's not even remembering, but knowing and understanding the intent and purpose of a movement or of an exercise. Um, cause so many times it's like, especially with warm up drills, uh, like I'll see people just kind of like going through the motions and doing them. Like when I'm at the gym, but not really like thinking about what am I actually trying to activate here, warm up here, move here. Um, and I think it's, and like we get that carryover then to all of the, just other exercises we're doing as far as we just a lot of times we just tend to go through the motions because we don't really know what we're trying to focus on, what muscles we're trying to work, what we're actually trying to do. So we just kind of think as long as we move through this motion, like we'll work somehow we'll work what we're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I, I see, I see that a lot, you know, and, and it is that whole intention, you know, what is this intending to do? Am, am I just, just moving? Or am I intentionally moving to try to isolate and get the most out of this workout, right? Um, and I'm not saying that has to be 100% of the time because sometimes it's it's a feat on its own just to get out of bed and get, and get, to, <laughs> get to the gym for, for, for some of us, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, I, it had, as soon as you started talking about that, it had me thinking of that, um, you know, all the CrossFitters know what I'm talking about with um, the dowel and you're holding it in both hands and you're bringing it, you know, kind of up above your head, you know, with like your left hand and then kind of, um, you know, across your back and then, you know, to the, and then you do the other side, you know, um, and you just see people 
blowing through that, going a million miles an hour to do it. And, and, and yes, they're, they're performing the exercise, but what's, what's the point is just to get really fast at doing it (laughs) or is it really to activate some muscles and improve, you know, mobility and kind of some stability at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Warm up for time. That's what we're going for. Yeah, warm up for time. It's a lot, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so, and, and and it's so funny, you know, with a lot of my patients, and I'm sure on yours as well, like, uh, when you, <clears throat> excuse me, when you start to explain to them exactly what we're trying to accomplish in a squat, right? What muscles you should be feeling in a squat, and that, the, you know, for instance, the squat should be, you know, for the most part, a full body movement and full body activation pattern. Then guess what? They start feeling all those muscles more. They start getting sore in the workout, like, you know, in, in a good way in, in the workouts because they know they're working something. Um, and that becomes this positive feedback loop in and of itself. Um, and, and, and guess what? People get stronger. Yeah, absolutely. I had, um, I was working with a guy a while back with some shoulder issues. And so we were doing like scapular retraining stuff and he had asked me, he's like, so he goes, is this actually going to make me stronger? I was like, actually, yes, it will. I said, your body's going to be more powerful and stronger because it's activating better muscle patterns or just better movement patterns. And, um, within, I think two or three weeks, he was like stringing muscle ups together better. He was like, hitting better numbers on his jerks. (laughs) Um, so it's really fun to see, like from a Clint, from a coach standpoint, like I love seeing those, like, we're just teaching the body how to work better. We're not working strength necessarily. We're not doing anything to make you stronger per se. We're just teaching the body how to use its power better. And like, we see amazing things. Yep. And yeah, you know, you're, you know, teaching someone to use, you know, 80 to 90 muscles in a movement as opposed to 10, right? And anytime we're using, you know, uh, kind of calling in the cavalry and having some extra support for something, I mean, yeah, like, you know, that yields significant benefits. And, you know, I, it, I, I think us as PTs, you know, kind of, again, going back to this whole working with people, you know, on this very nuanced microscopic level is, you know, most of it are, our, our athletes have very developed deltoids, you know what I mean? Have, have, um, a lot of their, their, their big movers, the deltoids are the shoulder muscles, uh, for everyone listening. Um, we, we have, um, we have all these big movers that are ready to go all the time, but what about the smaller muscles, right? Mm-hmm. The supporting muscles. You know, you can't have a, a play with only new characters. You need a supporting cast. Right? <laughs> Great comparison right there. <laughs> I just thought of that. <laughs> Keep that one in the back pocket for future reference. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's just, it's of the utmost, um, utmost importance. And, and, you know, let's, let's take a step back to what, what we're what's the purpose of us working out in general right it's hopefully to get stronger obviously it has some great mental health benefits and you know some some other things but it is ultimately to improve and get better you know and and so why wouldn't we want to be recruiting all the muscles to help excel 
at that. Yeah, I think that, that's a great, great point right there. Because, yeah, it's like most people work out because they want to get in better shape, move better, feel better. And then a lot of things they do then get them injured. And it's like, okay, well, working out didn't make me feel better. And the doctor tells me I shouldn't be doing this anymore. And like, we just get in this other, like, perception issues going on. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, if we learned how to move better, just not move, like we would actually improve our health and feel better. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's all, you know, pieces, um, pieces of a whole. And, you know, that's, that's why, you know, again, going back to why it's important to be with somebody who, um, uh, a coach, you know, um, is to identify what those goals are. You know, hey, if if all you want to do is, you know, is just move because you're purely doing this for your mental health and, you know, it doesn't, you know, bother you as much, you know, that's kind of a different approach than um, someone who's who's trying to, you know, excel at, you know, all of the gym related activities and in every everyday life. You know, I'm, I'm not saying we neglect the people who are just doing this for mental health because that means we need to keep them going. But um, it, it goes back to the specific uh, goals as opposed to just this cookie cutter approach everyone gets ex exercises. Let's take a quick break to talk about Venga CBD. I absolutely love CBD because of what it can do for the body with decreasing inflammation, increasing recovery, and enhancing sleep. Venga has an awesome product in the ultra gels to enhance recovery and also has their sleep product which is amazing for both the recovery aspect because it has the cbd but also the sleep aspect because it has a compound called cbn as well as melatonin the other thing i absolutely love about venga is it is made by athletes for athletes so it is a highly tested product to ensure that it is high quality and is clean. I encourage you to go check out Venga CBD and test it out for yourself and see if you get the same benefits that I do. You can check out all of their great products by going to getyourfixpt.com slash Venga CBD. And if you use my code, get your fix at checkout, you can save an extra 20%. You can also check out all of my partners at getyourfixpt.com slash partners. And now let's get back to the conversation. You know, I don't think thinking between those two people, the person who does it for mental health and the person who does it for becoming a better, stronger, faster athlete. I don't like, I don't think we need to view those two as different when we're talking about programming. Cause at the end of the day, I'm like, if the person who just wants to move for their mental health, isn't moving well and gets injured, like that's going to be disastrous for them. So I don't think we need to treat them any differently or think about them any differently with programming other than like, we may not go as heavy with them. But I think at the end of the day, we still need to consider them in similar positions when it comes to our thought process about what we do with them. 
yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of getting what you're saying. You know, the the end result needs to be the same, and that is them continuously uh, mo moving well and you know, um, um, in injury and pain free. Yeah, that's I mean, that is a great point. You know, um, our um, and 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 I guess also arguably um, uh, from my point, I mean, it's it is that 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 these um that the people who are moving for uh to excel are also doing it for their mental health right <laughs> you know what i mean because because that's part of their identity and once they they get injured then their mental health does uh does suffer so that yeah wonderful point awesome cool cool um I know you have, we talked about intention a little bit when it comes to movement, but I know you had another direction you wanted to go with intention when it comes to activity. Um, so let's dive into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I think intention is wonderful. And I think intention as a phase of where you are now and where you want to be is, is a great component. Um, however, it's not the only component, right? You can't simply always just have intention to do things, there needs to be some action as well, right? Uh, you can't just intend to do your home exercises with, you know, um, that your physical therapist prescribes to you. Um, you need to actually do them. <laughs> <laughs> so profound. I know. I know. I'm getting <laughs> philosophical today. No, it's so true, though, especially when we're talking like, you know, you and I are very more movement-based versus manual therapy, but we still know the manual is important at, at times. Um, but I think, especially when someone's going to a clinician who is just like very much manual therapy-based and minimal exercise, like those are the times it's even more important to do your things at home. Um, because it's those, at the end of the day, it's the exercises that are going to benefit you long-term not the manual therapy. And if you don't do, if all you're doing is going to therapy, getting the manual work done, doing whatever exercises you do there and not doing the stuff at home, like you're not going to get better. Absolutely. Um, and I would say the only exception to those rules are the professional athlete who's getting body work done on them, you know, two, three times a day, right? And obviously yes. that's <laughs> a very, very small percentage of us. Um, you know, like I tell my patients, hey, you know, I could, you know, follow you around all day and, you know, smack your shoulder every time you are shrugging <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, you know, you need to put some uh, some some effort and some work into this. And, and I totally agree when manual therapy is the primary modality with a therapist or, or whoever that that patient really needs to be doing the things outside their their homework quote unquote to to be um making sure they're helping themselves because the 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 research does suggest that through movement that is one of the and, and retraining and you know all those good things that that is what you know is going to get someone better long term you know some of these other modalities are great at you know sometimes making patients reliant on that right um uh yeah, being, and, and that being just the manual therapy um because it feels good well I, it's not from my perspective it's not about necessarily what always feels good 
It's about what's going to get you better. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we don't like causing pain, but you know, sometimes that's just a way as we've talked about to, to <laughs> for us to move forward. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, so you, the main, well, and especially when it comes to manual therapy, like it doesn't always feel good. Like, I mean, I needle myself at times if things are tight and like, can't say it feels great, but I also know it needs to be loosened up and I need to do it or like let someone else do it. Um, and so, yeah, it's, and even when on that manual therapy point, even when you do loosen things up, like then you have to retrain the body, how to use that motion. Like you can't just do manual therapy and then be like, Hey, see ya. Bye. Like you need to actually teach the body actually how to use that new motion that's been obtained. Yep. You know, you got to gain the range and then train the range. Right. It's, um, and so, you know, we'll call the manual therapy and this is just an arbitrary percentage, you know, you know, at most, at absolute most, you know, maybe, you know, 30 to 40% of it, you know, um, and then the rest being that movement, just like with weight loss and those kind of things, right. The exercise is only a small part of it. The diet is the bigger part of it, you know? So this manual therapy is a, um, is, is a tool, but it's not the end all be all. Not at all. Not at all. And it's one of those things too, that, I mean, in my opinion, it should decrease over time too. Like in the beginning, yeah, it might, you might need like 15 minutes of aggressive work and then your exercises. But by the end, it's like, maybe you just need to do like a couple quick releases that takes like five minutes we're not even, and then get to the exercises. Like it shouldn't be something that takes a real long time throughout the entire treatment plan. Yeah. Because I mean, hopefully with each session, you know, the range we're doing is sticking more or the range we're getting is sticking more and more. So it becomes more about training as opposed to gaining, Mm -hmm. um, gaining range of motion. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I operate my practice and you know, my patients don't always like it. So like, oh, well, I like the, the massage and the soft tissue you're doing like earlier. Well, we're past that. Sorry. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now you got to do some work, you know. Um, like your body is fine now. Now we just got to retrain how to move perfectly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it brings me to a, um, it's just a funny story. Um, I had a patient, um, he had some uh, very chronic back pain. He was walking very debilitated and, and, and walked into my clinic very debilitated. Um, you know, I failed a lot of different approaches and different profession you know, with healthcare professionals and um, came to me. Some stars aligned. He got better very, very quickly. And um, I, I asked him if he could, you know, kind of just give me a, you know, testimonial. And, you know, mind you he walked in very debilitated he was darn near doing cartwheels after our plan of care he was you know worked really well and in a a testimonial all he said was oh i wish the soft tissue was a little bit longer (laughs) (laughs) didn't talk nothing about the back didn't (laughs) didn't talk anything about the improvements and stuff like that I just wish the soft tissue was a little bit louder. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I think you also need to like set the intentions, speaking of intentions, going yeah. forward, I think you need to set the intentions of the testimonial, give them a framework. Yes. I'm like, yes. this is what we need to focus on. That, that was a learning moment. 
but but yeah you know I, I, again it goes back to you know um I, I i get why he said that because you know uh you know again yes yes it might have you know hurt so good in the moment um but you know he, it felt good for him you know long uh, long term although it was really the exercises and all of that and building that resilience in the back that was um you know i'm talking about 10 20 fold more important yeah right absolutely <laughs> um and i want to go back to something you kind of mentioned earlier um as far as like i could walk around with you all day and just like poke you every time you shrug is like i know the words awareness and mindfulness get thrown around a lot but like I get asked a lot as far as like, how do, like, what can I do during the day to improve my posture? Like, how are my posture going to get better? And like, it really is just being aware of it more often. Like even, I'm sure you notice yourself too at times, like during the day, you'll find yourself like rounded shoulders and this bad posture. And it's like, Oh, need to reset. Um, and it really is just like, it's so easy to slouch. Like gravity just takes us there. Um, (laughs) so it really is like, needing to be aware of like where you're positioned during your day with your day-to-day tasks because yes you could wear a brace that holds you upright like that's perfectly reasonable but it's not teaching your muscles how to do their job and it's going to be detrimental long term um so it really is just like developing that awareness of like rechecking yourself neat frequently throughout the day of where am I standing? How am I positioned? What do I need to shift right now? Yeah. And, and I, I 100% agree with that. Like, and, and that's why, you know, in, in, in my clinic, you know, we kind of have a stair-step approach, you know, that starts with that body awareness. And we know we can kind of transition to the next phase of things, you know, when the patient starts telling me, Oh yeah, you know, I I realized when I was doing this exercise, I was like shrugging up, and so I I tried to keep my shoulders down. Great, you know, you you, um, I'm trying to phrase this. You you didn't know what you didn't know before, <laughs> and now you know what you didn't know. You know, and those are you know huge leaps um, in 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 that awareness, right? So um, when people start telling you that, it's like okay, great, and now we train in some other kind of more variable movements and if they can start to maintain their shoulder depression you know keeping their shoulders down or or whatever the case is then um then 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 we just kind of keep rolling with that right we just keep challenging and challenging and challenging that until they just know internally you know subconsciously that they need to have a certain shoulder position yeah that's why i like from day one like having them voice what they're noticing with that change. So it's like, I'll cue them how to do a certain exercise to like move properly. And then after several reps, it's like, what are you feeling? What are you noticing? And really making them verbalize like what they're feeling. Um, because I like, I feel like if we speak it out loud, we, it's better able to internalize it. And so like, I really make them develop that awareness of what they're feeling when we're moving properly. Yep. Um, because, you know, then it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's just like anything else, right. Driving a car or something like that. Right. You know, at first, you know, the cars are zipping by you and, you know, everything is just chaotic and all of that. And then over time it kind of becomes, um, slower and, 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 and easier to navigate. Then you don't really think about it anymore. 
right? But I, I love that idea of kind of planting that that seed very, very early um, with them of where are they feeling it? That's, we've talked about this before. It's, you know, um, getting more in touch with your body mm-hmm. so that you can, um, you know, so then that you, that you can you can move forward because just like anything else, if you can't verbalize it, if you can't explain it, you know, you probably don't know it that well, you know, like for, uh, for the most part, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. What are, like, what are the kind of some of the conversations you have or cues that you have for your people for just think about those, like postural, developing that postural awareness throughout the day. So this is a very complex, um, approach. So I'll try to explain it as best as I can. Stop shrugging. (laughs) 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 No, 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 I'm I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine. It's definitely a part of it, but, but yeah, (laughs) I I just did a uh, Facebook live on that saying, stop shrugging. Like five (laughs) of my patients reached out to me and were like, oh, you're talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, Matthew, your voice is in my head all the time. but yeah, you know, postural cues, you know, we have to, in all seriousness, everyone, you know, we, we have to find that, that, that fine line, um, you know, between what's, what's too much and what's not enough, right? Because, you know, you tell someone at the very beginning, you know, oh, so put your shoulders down, bring them back a little bit. And what do they do? They kind of like, put you get into a chest bump position, right? You know, they go a hundred percent into that. Like, no, no, no. We have to refine that. This is a ten you know, percent kind of thing, mm-hmm. not a not a hundred percent kind of thing. Um, that's kind of the first thing. You know, we uh, we make sure we um, work on, and then the other thing is kind of reversing that whole. Um, what's the yoga poses? Uh, cat, cat, camel, cat, cow. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one of those. Um, I both terms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah cat something. Um, I, I think everyone kind of knows what I'm talking about um, with that. And, and, you know, my perspective is that we should actually be kind of like half cat, half camel. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Our shoulders should be down and back, but our pelvis should be tilted, you know, in that posterior tilt flattening like that, right? Not these, these other um, extreme ranges. Um, so yeah, as far as postural cues, that's kind of what I what I do, um, I love a little pal trick as well, you know, um, and maybe we can post the uh, YouTube video on a, um, in the show notes, but, you know, where you put the, a roll up a towel, a hand towel, put it right on your sit bones and, um, and sit on it. And guess what? It kind of brings you into a more upright posture. Um, and you don't need a $20,000 chair to bring you into an ergonomic thing. It's a, you know. 50 cent towel. How about yourself? Yeah. You know, I pretty much everything you, you said are like kind of the directions I go with people. Um, the only thing I want to add is like, it's hard to be like aware of where we are 24 seven during the day. Like we, like I said, we fall into our bad habits. Um, the one reminder I give to people or kind of idea I give to people is, and I learned this from a, I think a CI when I was in PT school, but like, Every time you look, every time you look at the time, every, <laughs> whenever you look at the time, do a posture assessment. 
So whether it's at the bottom of your screen on your computer, looking at your phone, looking at your watch, anytime, any moment that you look at the time, like assess yourself, where are my shoulders, where, like whatever area you're working on at the time, just like where am I in space right now? Um, and it's a really good way just to like start assessing yourself on a regular basis or at least starting to do those resets. That is absolutely perfect. Um, because if it's not, again, intentional and actionable, like, you know, it's going to be hard for you to do it. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's perfect. And what you're doing is now it's a subconscious thing. It's like a subliminal message almost. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and you are, uh, and so then once, once they get into that habit, you know, now, anytime they look at the clock, or look at their watch and see what time it is, you know, they're probably subconsciously getting into a better thought. Like they're not even thinking about it. Yeah. It's just happening. It's like Pavlov's dog. Yes. hundred percent. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we're, we're biological creatures, right? We, um, we respond to those things. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just like when, when you're, you know, someone's boss calls and they have, you know, a bad relationship with their boss their heart starts racing. They're already conditioned to like, you know, feel negative about it. So um, I love that. That's so simple yet, like so effective. Mm -hmm. it, it really is. It, Cause how, I mean, we look at the time, like you don't even realize how often you look at the clock or look at some form of a clock. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that is, uh, yeah, that's super cool. I've also heard like the red light, you know, anytime you sit at a red light, you know, try to breathe, you know, five breaths yeah, in, absolutely. in the proper way. Right. Like that's, um, it's, it's these little things, right. You know, we're not, we're not asking people to completely change their life overnight, but we are asking them to be a little bit better every day, just as, just as you and I are, um, trying to be every day. Right. Yeah. You've read, I'm pretty sure you've read Atomic Habits, right? Have not. Have Haven't. Not. That's, that's on my, on my list. On list. Yeah. It's a, I mean, I was incorporating a lot of that stuff already before I read it, but naturally I, you know, you can always pick up pointers from books or always get good reminders. Um, yeah, it really goes into those. Like the whole purpose of the premise of the book is making those 1% changes every day that had the compound effect. And so it really is that like those small little habitual changes you can make, even if it's just taking one more breath at a red light, you know, or, or whatever, like it compounds into long-term impact. Yeah. You know, I mean, think of the people who, you know, where, you know, whatever they say, like save $10 a week by cutting Starbucks or you know, not, not throwing them under the bus, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry, there goes your sponsorship. Potential sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, cutting a couple costs um, um, a week, you know, adds to a vacation a year or you yeah. know, whatever it's, um, it's amazing. And, and, and I think that's the most more sustainable habit too, right? It's something that you can kind of just work on a little bit at a time, chip away at it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great, great way to put it there. Well, cool. Well, we're coming up on time again. These conversations always go way too fast. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. Oh, um, if you have not checked out or listened to any of our previous conversations, shame on you and definitely go back and do that. Yes, if you have, it. thank you. And for those of you listening, Matthew, where can they find you? Yeah, so um, Autonist Physical Therapy serving um, San Diego, California. 
uh, please feel free, anyone listening, to reach out. Um, we're on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I would love to have some conversations if, you know, with you if this, if this resonated or, you know, if you have differing opinions, you know, I, I, I value those. I know Brianne does as well. Um, let's, let's have conversations about this stuff. So, um, yeah, antherapies.com is, uh, where you can find me online as well. Awesome. Well, thank you, Matthew. This is all, this has been fun as usual, and we'll definitely do it again. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. We appreciate it. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation today. And before we close out, I want to share with you a program I have called Resilient Shoulders. As OCR athletes, shoulder issues are very common. And if you are like most athletes, you use the lacrosse ball, you stretch, you do all of these things to try to improve the mobility of the shoulders. And yet you continue to have pain. Many times it's because the right things are not being done to really solve those problems, those underlying issues. And that's why I created Resilient Shoulders. Resilient Shoulders is an online platform that gives you the necessary things to do to resolve your shoulder issues, as well as minimize the risk of more issues happening in the future. So head over to getyourfixpt.com courses to check out the Resilient Shoulder course, as well as my other online programs. And once again, thank you so much for listening today. I really hope you enjoyed it. And now let's go out and be highly functional. <laughs>